I think that cash flow is going to be much more necessary in this type of market that we're going into. Rates are going up. So because rates are going up and appreciation seems to be slowing down, PE funds, hedge funds, international investors, large scale players across the country and the world are going to want stronger cash flowing assets and shy away from high appreciation. We're in Houston right now walking our new 56 crazy property here. It starts down there. We got a lot of the 31st Talk Shop podcast is going to have a little twist on it right now. I was sick all last week. I lost my voice. I couldn't say one word. Because of that, we didn't have the chance to film a podcast with a special guest. I didn't give any speeches. I didn't go out in public or do anything special other than work remotely and swing by the office here and there earlier in the week. So. What I'm going to do now is give a recap of the last five podcasts that we had guests on, and I'm just going to talk a little bit about what's going on in my life, my business's life, and, uh, and my opinion on the market, where I think things are going to be going. I know a lot of people are interested in my opinion in where things are going and a lot of other professional investor opinions of where things are going. It'll help people guide them where they should be putting their money and, uh, and just give a general idea of which direction the market's heading in. I like to listen to as many people as I can when it comes to this topic because typically smart people have assumptions and those assumptions lead to, uh, to real life events and hopefully I can make money off of it and prevent any downfalls and horrible things happening. That being said, I'm going to get into it. First topic of discussion is how I think that cash flow is going to be much more necessary in this type of market that we're going into. Rates are going up, that's no secret, right? So because rates are going up and appreciation seems to be slowing down, funds, you know, PE funds, hedge funds, international investors, large scale players across the country and the world are going to want stronger cash flowing assets and shy away from high appreciation. I think that's the case because there's only so much that one person or fund can handle, right? Like if you're buying strictly appreciating assets and they're not cash flowing, that's going to end eventually. Like you need cash flow to survive. So if you don't have like a liquidity event or you don't have refi options in place, then what do you have, right? So I think more people are going in the direction of cash flow to keep paying their investors that preferred return, to keep gaining that yield, and staying afloat if things do get rocky and go bad, especially with the rising rates. That's my opinion on cash flow and appreciation right now. I think more people are going to be shifting towards cash flow, and there's nothing wrong with that. That gives a lot of smaller investors opportunity in the Midwest to make flips, right? Flip those properties that you've been buying that people used to make fun of. You can go out there and you could still find diamond in the, you know, a needle in the haystack, diamond in the rough type of stuff, as we're doing. That's actually the approach that I'm taking right now. So that would be my suggestion to a lot of new investors. Next, startup funding. Startup funding seems to be slowing down. There's more and more companies, more and more companies than ever, ever have joined the Unicorn Club. And if you don't know what the Unicorn Club is, it's when a private company gets valued at over a billion dollars. Typically, this happens really fast. And some companies like Shein is 
just hit like a hundred billion dollar milestone as a private company stuff's crazy that whole planet is insane i love it i'm so passionate about it one day i want to jump back into that space specifically in prop tech property technology and i can't wait till the day that happens but startup funding is slowing down it seems like investors are getting more wary and they're trying to like place their money in much smarter places rather than just push it out to the market as fast as possible. Obviously, the stock market has come down significantly since that peak we hit, you know, whenever it was. But the COVID run, that COVID bull run has definitely slowed down. A lot of people are feeling it. I know a lot of people, a lot of my investors are nervous about where we're going and they're so upset about how much money they lost in the market over the last couple months that they're shying away from investing in real estate. Not one, not two, around six different capital partners that I've spoken to have gone through the same thing. And, you know, although I understand and it's human nature, it's pretty upsetting because the real estate keeps performing, but the markets aren't doing that great right now. And everyone knows that's cyclical. So we just gotta keep that in mind and you got to focus on what makes sense and what does well when things are going bad and when things are going good. Constantly shifting and repositioning is what's going to make you a successful investor, in my opinion at least. On to the next topic. We are doubling down on student housing. I mean doubling down, right? I bought one house in Binghamton to test out student housing. I've been happy with it so far. We're like four months in. So far, so good. I'm comfortable with my partners out there. And because of that, I'm in contract on two more homes right now. These two homes are, I don't know, like five times bigger than the current property we have. So we're doubling down, tripling down, but at a much bigger scale too. That's exciting. Still nothing significant enough, nothing crazy. But if this model works out, I'm going to go there pretty hard. Like I'm going to start doing student housing in a couple different markets and probably rack up you know a lot of properties fast over there it's renting per room but i'm going to be leasing this to like one group of students they're responsible for one lease and it's broken down per bed but it's one lease right so they have to replace the tenant if somebody leaves not my problem and student housing is cool because you're guaranteed by the tenant who typically has no credit or income but then you're guaranteed by their parents who has credit and have income and it's not only them so if it's like six different students then it's 12 separate parents typically guaranteeing the lease and up to 12 parents guaranteeing the lease and guaranteeing you know the students not ruining the place there's a security deposit and you don't have to be so concerned about the individual students credit all that good stuff as long as they pass the background check it's pretty easy because the parents are all like in good standing you know so that's pretty awesome Shifting over to a new thing that I want to get into is short-term rentals. I've been looking more and more into like the short-term space. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Can't forget to have fun when doing business. And I think that short-term rentals would be awesome. Different type of asset type, right? Like I'm looking at like high-end single families, hotel type of stuff, boutique things. Short-term rentals, Airbnb, Verbo style, one week, two weeks, sometimes by the night, sometimes by the month. I'm going to launch one in the Hamptons. I'm trying to get something locked up 
in a different country right now that's going to be a surprise when it actually happens and then i'm looking into the sub markets we're in right now like houston st louis what type of demand those type of properties have memphis cleveland but one step at a time i don't want to bite off more than i can chew i'm trying to be safe here and still have a good time and still scale accordingly we've definitely pulled back from scaling right now definitely pulled back no question in my mind it's time to focus on the properties hold off a little bit see where things are going then jump back in the game i mean i've done like 20 million dollars in business over the last like couple months so i want to recoup you know i want to game plan with the team i want to touch on all the properties i want to see them i want to be part of them make sure that everything's going smoothly i think i owe that to the business and my partners and the company make sure everything's going successful because you don't want to be a rise and fall story you know at least i don't want to i don't want to grow fast and fall fast i want to grow consistently pretty quickly but still stable and build something for the forever right for for the future for my kids the my, you know my grandkids my great grandkids to my future kids i hope you're watching this one day you're welcome but for now i don't have kids so i'm still having a great time doing this hope i always do and i want to be stable and smart it's easy to be reckless i'm not going to be that guy i don't want to be known for being dumb and making mistakes actually today today we did a portfolio overview and today as we're filming this it's may 23rd it's a monday at 7 p.m today and my first day back at work we did a portfolio overview i've got 55 million dollars in real estate in rental properties of that 55 million 54 percent of it is debt so i've only got 54 percent debt across the entire portfolio that's 46% of untapped equity that I don't plan on tapping or doing anything with at all. I've got maybe like one or two refinances that I would even entertain right now, but I'm happy with that. I'm comfortable with that 54% levered across the board. Awesome, right? I'm safe, I'm stable. If we have a massive economic recession and the entire market downturns and everything goes to hell, at least I'm safe. You know, and I don't have to worry about my family's future and everything's okay. So I think that's crucial, crucial for the success of my business and my family's future. Doesn't mean I'm not willing to take risks and continue to scale. It just means that I want to be a smart businessman. Regarding social media, we're doing well. Accounts are growing. Being sick didn't help. Kind of put a roadblock in there. Couldn't scale as fast as I would have liked or post as much as I would have liked. I'm not growing as much as I want to on social media. But I don't know what I blame that on, right? I could only blame myself when it comes to this, but something needs to change in order to grow. I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep doing it. I think it's working. I can't really, you know, put my finger on what money it's making me right now, but it gives good credibility. It builds an audience. I definitely get deals from it. So I plan on keep doing that. Can uh, measure what just social media marketing does if i'm not specifically targeting like raising money or finding deals but we will see because fund one is around the corner the ppm is about to be wrapped up which is exciting and then the official launch of the first avgi fund is going to be public with investments as low as like ten thousand dollars
that's going to be really exciting. And that's unlevered, $3 million fund to buy like $10 million worth of real estate in St. Louis, Missouri. That's the first target. Now, in case you missed the last five podcasts, you missed some good guests. Let me tell you, David Shorenstein was the last guest on the podcast. Hell of a guy. He's building a really big fund. It's called Hildreth. I think it's Hildreth Real Estate Advisors, HREA. And they're doing amazing. These guys are buying properties across Long Island in Manhattan. They're looking at another market in Florida, but they haven't done anything there yet. They bought some stuff in LA, but they're hyper-focused really on New York, and they're killing it. They've got $70 million in the pipeline. Good for them. They have a normal uh, corporate structure. Their partners are seeing good returns. They're selling properties here and there, and I know why they're doing it. You know, They're doing it to maximize the fu- each individual fund and keep their investors happy. If you sell a property within one-fifth or one-tenth of the expected timeline, your partners are going to see great returns on equity invested, and they're going to be as happy as ever, right? They're going to want to put with you more money, especially when things get rocky. I think that's a brilliant approach. I don't know if they thought it out like that, but I think it's a great idea. Alona Bukasis, my cousin in Israel, he's here right now, actually. We just took that St. Louis trip together. We own 14 houses out there together. I love that guy to death. He's one of my best friends. He's killing it in the prom game as well. Sadly, he has to go back to Israel this Wednesday because it's prom season right now and he's hosting like 30 events. I know he wants to focus on real estate, but his business does phenomenal in Israel. So I'm going to be seeing him there next month, meet with some local investors, see what we could do, and maybe we'll keep growing our loan capital partners in America with, uh, with some new Israeli partners. That's going to be fun. Regardless, we're going to keep growing. He's an awesome partner and an awesome guy. And we talked a lot about business in Israel and why he's focused here as well. Before Alon, Haley and Justin were on the show. Haley Hasho and Justin Conway, they own Exodus. Where's that, uh, what's that called? It's like the cup holder thing. Shit. Uh, it's, like, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue, yeah. Anyway, this was their gift. It was great. A lot of podcast guests bring gifts, like... You know, Mike Tuchillo and Matt Klang from Marcus and Milichap, they brought cups and shirts. Haley and Justin brought uh, brought these, whatever they're called. And they were great guests, man. They're a coaster. Coaster! They brought us coasters. Great guests, good people, real hustlers. They came from more of like an institutional background in real estate at on the brokerage side. So Haley was at Marcus and Milichap. Justin was at Besson Equity Partners, whatever their name is. But they they came from a planet of like being in the institutional environment. They're always dressed to impress. They're always at networking events. But these kids find deals. They're so good at finding deals. And they're such good people that it was just a pleasure to have them on. And I'm excited to see where their business grows. I want to help them get more good people on the team because... I really think that winning together is the only way to win. I think they deserve it. I think they'll do great with new people and they're just going to keep growing. This kid, Justin, showed me his CRM before we actually start working on deals together and it blew my mind. He's got like a 10-man call center out of the country. It all funnels back to a CRM. There's a nice process built in. Haley and Justin follow up individually with each and every person and that leads to big deals. And Haley, she's a shark. She's a woman in the commercial real estate field. Everyone knows that women in the commercial real estate field are beasts. 
She did like an $80 million deal on her own, which is crazy. You know, everyone obviously jumped in and wanted a piece of it, but she made it happen. So well, well deserved, well earned. They're building an awesome reputation. I think that's super important. This is actually like the five brokers in a row here. So Mike Murphy was before Haley and Justin. Mike Murphy's the biggest commercial real estate broker in Long Island, one of the biggest in New York State. He's actually the president of Douglas Elliman Commercial Real Estate. Guy's an animal, done, does tons of deals. I think we did three deals this year, me and Michael, which was awesome. He, uh, he knows what he's doing season vet one of the biggest names in the business that was a good podcast i suggest anybody listening to this that wants to hear some insight from the leading commercial broker in new york to listen to that podcast and lastly last but not least you got michael tachillo and matthew clang i love clang man that's where that relationship started being built hell of a guy young jewish dude he's like listen i got this deal for you Let's make it happen. We made it happen. I think we've done a couple deals together already. Just a pleasure to work with. He's such a gentleman. He's got his finger on the pulse at all times. And his broker is Michael Tachillo, who's really soft-spoken. And the first time that I spoke to this guy, I'm like, does he really talk like that? There's no way he actually talks like that. But he does. And this soft-spoken dude is doing hundreds of millions of dollars in business a year. He's awesome. It's it's a different approach, right? Like most brokers are like rough, aggressive sharks. And he's like a quiet shark. Like you don't see him coming, but he makes things happen. And that was a good conversation. We talked a lot about triple net deals, their feelings on the market. That was a couple months ago. So it was good to hear the difference then and now where rates have gone and where industrial real estate is at right now, especially in Long Island. That was a good podcast. Honestly, all of them were great. All of these guests are awesome. I'm excited to see where everything goes. I think that's the beauty of being your own boss and just being involved in all this stuff all the time. You just get excited. You know, it's like, it's fun. This is a great time. And if you're not your own boss, start a side hustle. Just get passionate about something that you could grow in. I tell people this all the time. Like, you don't want to just be an active investor you want to build a passive stream of something right so like you're building something you want it to pay off in the future as well not just right this second so build something like that be part of something like that and i guarantee you you'll be happy all the time at least most of the time when you're doing it when you're involved and with that being said this was our first talk shop recap i think it went successful i hope you guys appreciate it if you're on the treadmill keep going. If you're working out, don't stop. You're doing great. I'm going to get to the gym right now. And thank you guys for tuning in to Talk Shop Podcast.